need to do like an ASMR video one day. We could just do like let's do an ASMR introduction <laughs> today. You ready? Can we time it? Shake your drink. Come on, take. Give it a sniff. <laughs> but but really sip. Hey guys, welcome to the Sip and Rippin' Podcast. I'm Zach, he's Nathan. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at Sip and Rip It, at Nathan Skedios, and at ZG underscore Summer, Summer Shred, Shred Journey. Journey. Yep. Uh, you can also do us a favor and rate us five stars on Spotify. Yeah, please. Rate us five stars on Spotify. If you've been listening for the past like 10 episodes and we've asked you to do it 10 times now and you still haven't done it, are you any better than like. Like the men who like don't do the the chores that have been asked several times, and then the wife just does them themselves. The safety put you up. She didn't mention anything to me about it. It was kind of off the cuff. For any you got for the record, anything that goes undone, I pay somebody else to do. <laughs> I, I have that problem where I, I have so many things that I know I need to do, and I want to do them, and I think about doing them, and I'm just like. Too tired. <laughs> I'll, do it. I'll do it some other time. It becomes overwhelming at some point. It, it, I'm sure, like, it's already overwhelming. Well, it's not really overwhelming. There's like five or six things that really need to be done. And I just forget about them. That's, that's the biggest problem is I forget about Get caught them. up in that daily, man. It's yeah. rough sometimes. It's what it is. Yeah. So we got some, uh, some fruity drinks today. Oh, well, yeah, because uh, I was so just petrified of drinking whiskey this week because uh, <laughs> because of the screwball protein powder combo which if you had decided watched, to go it's, uh, it's on our TikTok and our Instagram I got decided to go about as weak as you could go and I got some coconut rum and some pineapple juice and that's what we're sipping on tonight yeah. I mean it's refreshing though it is real it's, fucking good it's it's nice it's like I'm I'm it's, not really I think we need to do this every week until we get to go to our beach trip like <laughs> this should just be our primer for, for our, our beach trip in May <laughs> oh man, we could do it. We could change it up a little bit, but we could have like some sort of fruity drink every every week up until coconut rum and coke, coconut rum and pineapple, coconut rum and orange juice, coconut um, rum and other types of rum. <laughs> there's one. What it, it's like? Uh, coconut rum, pineapple juice, coconut cream, and blue curacao. Oh, I'm with it. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. I know that'd be good. Now what is it? Uh, liquid marijuana would be good. Yeah. A blue wine for some of you people. From more <laughs> PG oriented <laughs> folks. You want and done. The people that ain't going to drink more than one drink. You responsible dessert drinker, <laughs> bitches. That's me. What you you sub problems. Hey, I'm messing with you. Hey, now. <laughs> um, Sometimes I'll have two drinks. So I have Fair to share a, uh, a uh, I did not invent this. I had two friends of mine who, uh, they're really no longer friends of mine. They're kind of they're kind of dirtbags. <laughs> they invented one of them was uh, no one of, one of them is not your cousin. I, I do love your Wes, I do, uh, but you know Wes is a little bit of a low off. But I am too, so it's okay. Uh, I, I think he would probably attest to that though. His brand is is more palatable than most. To be honest with you, I mean, yeah, I mean he's just you know dirty old guitar player. He's like, he's, he's my people. It's fine. Right. Now these two though, Wes was actually on this trip. But uh, have you ever had Tampico? Mm-mm. Okay, it's like off-brand Sunny D, but there's okay, like yeah. multiple flavors of it. So where Sunny D is just you know a handful of flavors, there's like a bunch of flavors of Tampico. Yeah. So these idiots drink a Tampico gallon, two of them, down about halfway, and then they filled it up with coconut rum and lime rumple rumple uh, rumple mints, the schnapps. Okay. So it's got two bottles, basically two bottles of liquor in it, yeah. you know, and a half, you know, only a half gallon of, of Tampico. <laughs> and they called it the blood of Christ. <laughs> and they wrote all these satanic things, imagery on the outside of the jug. <laughs> and we proceeded to, uh, to drink it. And, uh, I tell you what, it was good. The, the blood of Christ is the truth. <laughs> it will lead you home. <laughs> or somewhere. <laughs> it'll, it'll lead you somewhere. That particular night led us to a bar called, uh, now it's called Food Bar, but at the time it was called Helen Back mm. in, uh, in Fort Walton, Florida, where we proceeded to run up a $2,000 bill as a whole after another friend of ours who was entirely too kind was bragging about his new job and offered to pay the tab. So we just went buck wild. Mm. Not even the worst part of the story. we got to finish this now. <laughs> so we're out with like, there's like 15 of us. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of us. 
We ordered pizza. We ordered drinks. We ordered all these things. And, and, and poor Scott's like, I'll pick up this bill. Well, after a night of drinking, we all decide we're going to call taxis because we can't walk home. We're going to jump in these taxis. We're going to go. So it takes like three or four taxis to get us all there. Right. And me and Sandy and our friend Jackson getting one taxi, and we cruise on back, and everybody else is separated. Just, just, just to clarify, is this Jackson that looks like a lesbian? No, this is not Jackson Carr, although he was okay. also on this trip. This is Jackson Brown. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's funny. <though. laughs> I just he, has the facial, name. he has facial hair now. Does he? Yeah, he does. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we all get in this car. Scott pays the bill, and we all get in these, in these taxis, and we go back to the condo. We get to the condo, and Scott's not there. We had left Scott, the guy that paid the <laughs> nearly $2,000 bar tab, at the bar, and he had to walk back. He couldn't call it a, a taxi? He was so drunk, he didn't uh, know what was going on. No. So he started walking back, and at some point he said he just gave up, sat down on the park bench on the side of the road and started crying. Oh, no. <laughs> and he said he sat there for like half an hour before he looked up and realized he was across the street from the, from the condo. <laughs> like, he had given up at the very last minute, basically. But I felt so bad, because this guy legitimately paid, like, it might not have been 2000 but it was well over a $1,000 bar tab. And... uh like I said, he paid for fifteen of us. Yeah, that's a that's a lot. Basically, unlimited drinks for fifteen of us. So yeah. he had an enormous tab. And uh, yeah, that's how we ceased to be friends with Scott Little because he <laughs> probably hated all of our guts. That's not the case. He he still loves us, but but anyway, yeah, he got he got stranded on the side of the road, started crying um, because we all left him at a bar with a huge bar tab. That's, yep. that's so. That's terrible. I owe him several nights out of drinking, probably, to be honest with you. It was Maybe an honest so. mistake. Yeah, no, I mean. We can... were all waiting in the parking lot. Cab show up. We jump in and go. We had no idea he was still inside paying yeah. the tab. It's just sad. The way it shook out. It was so sad. <laughs> so sad. What about PR songs? PR songs. So I've got a couple. Uh, you want to start us off? Uh, yeah. So in celebration of John Bernthal getting to come back is my favorite Punisher ever. Uh, I'm going to plug two, two songs that are on my workout playlist anyway, but uh, they were from the trailers from the first, first and second seasons of The Punisher, and one is uh, One by Metallica, mm -hmm. um, which I fucking love. Uh, the last half of that song absolutely fucking rips. We talked about that on the last podcast. Oh, I know, but, but <laughs> it's, on, it's on the playlist officially. Did I put it on the playlist last time? I don't know, but I, I just know we so. talked, we talked about, about it. One, yeah. yeah. One's fucking awesome. It's on the fourth studio album by the greatest of the big four, period. I'm saying that. Sorry, Slayer. I was going to say, I mean, Slayer, it ain't Slayer's It ain't Anthrax or Megadeth, let's be honest. No, it's, it's either Slayer or Metallica. And Metallica's probably, from a popularity standpoint, they're Metallica's always going to win. Metallica's probably the king, yeah. yeah. Anyway, and the other one is Wood by Alice and James. Mm. Fucking awesome. It was in the second season. Uh trailer and that that really fucking pumped me up and then uh my third entry is uh goddamn electric by pantera so i went basically three pretty classic metal yeah. bands so pretty solid choices though they're all they're all good songs they're, they're all, all bangers songs. i haven't i haven't listened to alice and chains in a while i know they were weren't they touring and they had phil anselmo for a little while no they got the the uh the mix kid that sings really good he does uh Draft Tongue Orchestra with uh, okay, yeah, Brent, yeah. Uh, Brent Hines or whatever, too. Brent mm -hmm. Hines, whatever his name is. Yeah, Brent From Mastodon. And uh, he's a really talented dude. He sounds like Lane. Yeah. But he's been with them probably 10 or 15 years. I just thought that there was a time period. Like... You're talking about Pantera is on tour with, obviously, Phil, Rex, and yeah. then... No, this was Zach this would have been like... I don't remember who the drummer is. This drummer? would have been like years ago, like okay. 10 years ago. That may be the case. I just thought I remember my brother telling me he was going to an Alice in Chains show and there he was like getting pumped because Phil had been popping in here and there and like doing doing the show as the lead singer for them. But he didn't show up for that show. So. Yeah, this is what it is. Um, all right. So on my side, I'm going to I guess I'm going to go since you went all old school. I'm going to go all new school. There you go. Um, so this is uh Befowler by Of Sulfur, uh, also featuring Alex the Terrible. If you know, don't know who that is from um, um, the Russian band. Yeah, Slaughter to Prevail. Uh, really good song. Uh, it's really heavy. What was the name of the song one more time? Befowler. 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 Okay. Um, of Sulfur is one of the bands that I've been listening to a lot here lately. At least newer bands and like 
just everything they've come out with, I've been I've been pretty pretty stoked about. They just keep them. I like to keep them on my radar. Um, and then another newer band. Uh, we're gonna go with Dynasty by Brand of Sacrifice, and they, I think they've been on the on the list before. I think I went with Charlotte or Claw Marks or something, but this I think this was their newest single that they put out. Um, it's really good. Um, they're like, if you haven't listened to them, they're like very technic, like almost like techno death metal. Like yeah. they, they've got a lot of like electronic beats. Yeah. If that makes sense. But yeah. uh, but they're really dope. I like them a lot. Um, and then the last one. Well, I, this one's not like super new. Um, but Sterling Black Icon by Fragments of Unbecoming, and they're a band I listened to like years ago, back when I was first getting into metal. Um, they are a German death metal band, uh, and they're very like melodic, so like very uh. Thematic, I guess. Yes, sir. Word. Um, but yeah, been a fan of them for a long time. Their best album was probably their second one, which was Sterling Black Icon. Uh, and that was the first album I listened to. Everything else after that, they had like bits and pieces that I liked, but really that was. I'm going to have to listen to them because I don't think I've ever actually heard of them. I listen to Brandon Sacrifice sometimes. Yeah, Brandon Sacrifice. And then is uh, cool. the other first song we talked about before is Lost. Is that correct? Lost? Lost. What is the name of that song? Something similar. I'm trying to think. I don't uh, lost. Um, what is that song? I'm trying to think. See, I'll find it in a second. In the meantime, listen to the. Yeah, it's production. lost. Lost. But of sulfur, it's on the EP for 2021. Yeah. Hmm. I don't remember that song, but I think it was actually a suggestion by you. Ironically, <laughs> weird. I don't remember that at all. Yeah. But... Well, it slaps. So listen to it. Yeah, I should. <laughs> yeah, since you like of sulfur. <laughs> Um, I guess the last thing really is uh, the gym. What do we do this week? Nothing. Nothing. Really. I mean, <laughs> I had a normal week first half of the week, and then I traveled to um, Horror Hound weekend in Cincinnati and did that. So the only thing I've done recently is Friday I did a, like, basically body weight work, leg workout. I did uh, body weight squats, good mornings, um, calf raises. I did some lunges, and then did some sit-ups. So. Yeah. Just some, I mean, yeah, it probably lasted, you know, 20, 25 minutes tops. So, uh, pretty much just something to get some work in. Yeah, just so. basically keep, you know, I got that injury I'm recovering from, so I just needed some blood in my legs. And also, after driving all day Thursday, I was really kind of hurting, yeah. honestly. So, I really don't think I could have got under a barbell anyway. That's so, fair. Just is what it is. And then Saturday was just too busy to get into the gym. Yeah. So, we had a bunch of, you know, scary shit to go look at at the horror convention. So, pizza <laughs> yeah. to eat and. Pizza to eat, yeah. yeah. Told so, me about that. Yeah, so you know, I did, you know, I did break stray off the bit. off the path for for pizza, but I really didn't eat a lot this weekend. Um, first night, me and Sandy shared a pizza. Mm -hmm. um, second one, second night, I, I did have my own ten inch, but you know, we were had That's, we had really light lunches. We didn't we didn't eat a lot in general, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, on the scale today, I, I weighed the same as I did when I left, so I didn't lose, but I didn't gain any either. Yeah. So I'm really not worried about. It. Also, tomorrow I start a much more aggressive diet. I'm um, not necessarily going keto because I don't know how much I believe that anymore. But I am going, you know, sub 100 gram of carbs for the next mm. probably three to four weeks. Yeah. So that's the plan. That's fair. So, I've, I've heard carnivore like stories all the time so you know i really like carnivore diet because it's really comfortable mm -hmm. my problem is that i've done carnivore and keto both so many times just it's not sure if it's effective for your body yeah, it's because i know how to manipulate it now mm -hmm. like i know on carnivore i can i can eat ribeye all day and, mm -hmm. you know uncured bacon you know nitrate free bacon and like still get fat as fuck and be perfectly fucking happy and right. not, not lose a pound. Yeah. Or I can eat chicken wings all goddamn day. Right. I mean, it's so stuff like that. So like, you know, I just don't know that it's just the best thing for me. So I'm That's basically fair, just, though. you know, very, very protein heavy, very fat heavy foods. And I'm still logging it. I'm probably gonna start logging and tracking tomorrow too. Cause that'll be the first time I'm down basically 20 pounds and that'll be the first time I've logged and tracked since starting. So yeah, you're going to do a lot of vegetables kind of like, yeah, I'm going uh, to, I'm having some, not, not to get too into it, but I'm having some like gut health issues. And I think that uh, picking up the veggies is probably going to help that a lot. Yeah. To be honest with you. So that's fair. It's not that I don't eat them now. It's just, I'm not eating them consistently enough for mm -hmm. them to make a difference. So, right. you know, a vegetable at every meal, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Probably gonna start doing that this week. So. Cool. 
me in the gym, kind of pretty much the same stuff I did last month. No, no big changes. I think I did 315 for eight on bench, moved really well. Um, deadlift was like five. Did it 525 yet? 525 for eight. Yeah, because next week I'll do 535. And that'll be the heaviest I've touched this prep. Well, prep. This uh, strength block. 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 Yeah. yeah. Block is the word I'm looking for. It's kind of a block. It's a huge block, I guess. Like five months, six months, something like that. It's going to be a couple months out from October when it ends. So. I mean, but you got a plan. So yeah. You yeah. Call it whatever you want to. That's true. It's, it's a plan. It's Heavy. a cycle at that point. If it's, more, <laughs> if it's more than a block, it's multiple blocks. Right? It's multiple he has a plan. Blocks, yeah. that's, what, it's that's what he has. It's an idea. It's a rough idea. <laughs> but uh, no. And then uh, I did PR, baby five-pound PR on my incline close grip, which again, still love it. Um, 255 for 10. Gonna try probably like 265 next week. I think it'll go well. Hell yeah. Um, uh, and then what is going to actually lead us into the main subject today is my squats, which suck. Um, so I've been having a lot of lower back pain on my squats. Uh, we've tried to fix it a lot. Um, I, I tried to point my toes out, thought it worked. Maybe it worked a little bit. Maybe it was placebo. Um, but but we came back, so there was still some lower back pain. Um, I did, uh, I think I was supposed to do four, 415 for eight, but I was trying to fix my squat all prior to doing the squat. So I was really fatigued from all the singles at like 315, 365, stuff like that. It was just like, it was too much. I was mentally worn out. Um, so I got it for like five and I got really frustrated and I did a couple more singles and then I just called it because I was getting frustrated and pretty, I was having a pretty bad day just all around. I felt later on in the day, I actually felt sick at work and I went home early cause I just, just wasn't, wasn't, was not a good day and in a, in an all around term. Uh, but, uh, anyway, that's basically what we're going to talk about today is, how to fix butt wink, at least how we diagnosed it, how we uh, went through what what my problem was, how we eventually got to a fix, and uh, hopefully yeah, so, continue to. So let's uh, let's start by defining what we're talking about by butt wink, because not everybody might know. But basically, what's going to happen is at the bottom, toward the bottom of your squat, the bottom end range of your squat, you're going to see your tailbone physically like sweep like under your spine. Does it make sense? So it's basically going to turn. Literally this motion at the bottom of your squat, right? Pelvic tuck, right? Yeah, it's a pelvic tuck. Yeah, so basically most of the time you have either neutral hips or even slightly anterior pelvic uh, pelvic tilt in your squat. Ideally, you would have a neutral. But basically what happens is, and most of the time it's a mobility issue, at the bottom end range of that straw, squat, you have something that is pulling your pelvis forward. Mm-hmm. Um, it can really be a lot of things. Nathan touched on it. It can be toe angle, which he tried wasn't toe angled. Um, he widened his stance. He narrowed his stance. He did He did a lot of different things, right? Yeah. Um, and basically what we kind of came, came to, um, and I have a lot of experience with this personally, and we'll get into that in a little bit too, but uh, basically what it came to is uh, either a lack of mobility in your hips or maybe a potential misalignment of your hips or even a little bit of both because we did an x-ray, so we don't know if there's a misalignment mm-hmm. or not. But for sure... I'm not speculating. There was a mobility issue, basically. Yeah. So, one of the things that I noticed, first things that I noticed, really, um, this was before butt wink ever came into the picture. When I would squat down, there would be a lot of like violent shaking, like in my uh, basically every in my entire lower chain to my knees. Um, there was just a bunch of instability. So instantly, I I, I told talked to you about that. And we're like, well, that could be several things, just like everything else. It could be several things. Um, I think we we went with. Um, I know. I know. Generally, when when I see instability in a hip, knee, or even ankle, the generally the first thing I try to because it's an American problem because we sit too much. The first thing I go to is it's a glute med weakness. Yeah. So we um, we went with some uh, single leg press, um, trying mm-hmm. to isolate it out. And uh, when I started doing that, I definitely noticed my right leg was a lot 
more stable and my left leg was a lot less stable. Uh, there was that shaking every time I would bring the, the press down uh, about maybe like a half squat, you know, yeah. some people that's full squat. Uh, but uh, yeah, so there was some shaking, some instability on the way down. Um, so that, and it also it was in, uh, I did single leg leg extensions, which I hadn't done in a long time. It was the same problem. I had a lot of instability, a lot of shaking, bringing the, the, the weight from the extension down. I'd notice it all in my hips and it was just kind of one of those things like, okay, there's obviously something wrong on my left side. It seems to be in either my hip or my glutes. It's got to be one of those two. Um, and then we, like I said, like you said, we were doing the, the glute training to try and see if there was a weakness there. Um, I think it was a couple weeks later when I really started noticing the lower back pain. Um, and it was, I was watching back some videos and I was like, it's got to be this butt wink that's my lower back pain problem. So we went from saying, okay, it could be the glutes to maybe it's the hips. We looked at a lot of squat U stuff. Um, there was about four or five videos that I watched of squat U stuff that could be an issue. I tried getting into some uh, squat shoes. Um, it didn't seem to help much. Um, like you said earlier, I tried different stances, pointed out my toes. I tried so far as to a west side squat and it still was not helpful. So there was clearly just something wrong physically with me. It was not form related. It was not something I could fix in the squat. It was something I had to do outside of the squat to fix. Um, I, th I think there was only one stretch that I eventually landed on actually doing, and that was a groin stretch with a band. And I'm going to have a video up at some point showing the stretch and a before and after of my squats. And you'll find that on our TikTok and our Instagram if you're interested in looking at it. Um, but basically what you do is you tie a band around a fixed point and then you tie it around the inside of your thigh. And then you're gonna let your hip open up. You're gonna let it sit for a little bit and then you're gonna close it back and squeeze your glutes. I like to push my knee forward a little bit to get extra stretching and then let go and still squeeze my glutes. And just repeat that over and over again. I did it about, maybe five each side for a set and I'd try and hold it for a couple seconds, about three seconds. And then I'd let it go. So I was in the gym doing hack squats at the time. Um, I was, uh, I was, uh, late. Like I didn't get up early enough to get my stretching done. So I was like cold going into these hack squats. I knew it was going to be light. So it wasn't a really big deal. But my knees hurt so bad and my hips hurt so bad that first set. I was, like I said, I was cold. I didn't do any of these stretches yet. And I was like, man, this hurts really bad. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And I was like, I'm going to try these stretches real quick and see if something helps. Well, I start on my left side because I know that's my weakest side. Do a set of it and get back on the hack squat. Doesn't feel as bad. I'm like, okay, we're getting somewhere. I do it again. So I'm do, I've got five sets. I'm doing five sets of 10. It's supposed to be five sets of 20, but I hurt so bad that I just didn't want to do 20 reps. Um, so in between each set, I'm stretching my hip out. Finally, it gets to a point where I have no more knee pain. And I haven't had, like, I've been not done a squat with no knee pain in, like, a long time. A couple of years probably, right? Yeah. Like, I was very shocked. I was like, this actually feels amazing. So... Uh, after that, I decided, well, I'm going to, I don't want to like overstretch my left side, not do anything on my right side. I open up my right side a little bit. I'm like, all right, things are, things are moving really well. Uh, by the end of it, I did some air squats and most of my butt wink had been completely eliminated. I felt no knee, hip or back pain at all. Now I didn't, I don't know if I mentioned this. My hips were actually really tight and hurting when I was doing that first set of the hack squat. Granted, I was only doing one plate on the hack squat. That should be like nothing. Sure. But I was in so much pain. So that's pretty much the story of how I fixed 
Yeah, so to clarify some of this stuff in, in a way people can understand it. So what's going to happen if your hips are immobile or if they're physically uneven? Like I have physically uneven hips, and that may have actually con contributed to my IT band issue, definitely contributed to my torn labrum. Mm. But even if you have... Even if your hips are even standing up, if you have a mobility issue on one side, you don't have on the other, as you squat, your hips do shift. And I had mentioned to Nathan, when we had some back and forth about it, he didn't necessarily agree, but I had mentioned to Nathan that it seemed like on the backside, a backside video of his squat that one butt cheek was slightly higher than the other. Mm. So even if you have even hips standing, an immobility issue could cause a hip to... Hip shift. To shift during your squat, yeah. right? And what, what that's causing is your QLs basically run like guy wires from your hips to your spine like, like this. They actually run like fingers. But if you think about it as like a triangle pattern, like it runs like guy wires to a tower. And they help stabilize the spine and they help stabilize the hips. So if your hips are misaligned, you have one overstretched and one overcontracted. And it really could cause pain in either side. Mm -hmm. But it will cause lower back pain. So, like, butt wink being the same way, but but it's rolling. It's the opposite, and it's rolling forward instead of a side to side di difference. But nevertheless, you're still putting ish. You're still putting pressure mm -hmm. on those QL muscles, mm -hmm. and then because of that, you're putting pressure on your spine. Yeah. Um, in my experience, it seems like it's rare to actually have spinal damage from a QL in injury, mm -hmm. but they feel like hell. Yeah. Um, and you're smart and you felt it coming on and knew to rehab it right away. Um, they've happened to me quite a bit, deadlifting, squatting. I've had a lot of QL injuries. And most of the time, it's because of I haven't been to the chiropractor regularly and my hips are misaligned. No. So um, pushing slightly harder with one leg and not the other during the deadlift. Um, it's another thing that's caused some QL injury for me. And then, you know, lastly, um, for me, just... Honestly, not respecting the weight on deadlift causes a QL injury mm. uh, more often than anything. But it's all actually from the root cause of it is a misalignment in the hips. Yeah. Either because they're physically misaligned or because they're coming out of alignment during your squat or deadlift. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that's going to... There's not a whole lot in the gym you can do well with lower back pain. Yeah. I, I don't Even know. some like heavy upper body work. Uh, you can flat bench fine, probably with your feet down, but uh, you couldn't. Do, you probably couldn't do a Larson press, right? Something that's super taxing on your core, like mm -hmm. you're probably not doing. Like you're probably not going to want to do a pull up, you know, stuff like that. Like just because of the jar from jumping down is yeah. enough to kind of aggravate your lower back. Um, definitely, if you're into calisthenics, plyometric stuff like that, you're definitely not going to do a box jump. You're not going to yeah. do like. Um, you know, it's very individual based on whatever your workout calls for, but. Um, my biggest advice, preventative medicine, is to, especially in it now, I told y'all the only thing I felt like was different in my training was my lack of mobility. Um, you need to be doing mobility regularly, and if you can afford it, you probably need regular visits to a chiropractor so you can get update updated x-rays and also make sure some, you're with somebody that knows how to realign your hips. Yeah. So, um, and I mean, hip misalignment comes often from people that sit a lot on their job and stuff like that because we even here sitting now there's a i'm always favoring a hip like i'm yeah. more now i'm on more on my right than on my left or like me personally when i'm driving i lean to the console so i'm always so my right hips are always hot so yeah. guess which hips always high yeah my right hips high also i would encourage you to learn to sleep on your back you and the listeners yeah i sleep i'm a side sleeper i've always slept on my right side guess which hips higher than yeah. the other it's my right, right? So, like, I mean, it can cause some, I mean, little things like that kind of add up. And, you know, honestly, the average gym goer probably isn't going to see an uh, issue from hip misalignment, not a big one. But when you're doing, when you're involved in a strength sport, uh, man, that's, you know, it affects your stability in it. It affects how much weight you can move totally. And if you actually are unlucky enough to injure yourself because of it, it makes you mispractice. Yep. That's, I would rather have an in, a person that is aware that they're injured or about to be injured in the gym squatting an empty barbell or plate than a person squatting nothing at all. Yeah. I mean, honest, I would rather it be 20% of your max than than no squats. I mean, that's fair. You know, I mean, you know, some, like, something is better than nothing. At least it, you can practice in some way. You can practice technique, how you're driving through your legs. You can do mobility, something like that, but like, don't hurt yourself to the point that you're going to miss the gym. Yeah. Um, and I'll say this. If you've already had an injury, I would not be doing any of the static stretching if you have an injury present. Um, 
you know, we always put a disclaimer on, this isn't medical advice, so don't be, don't be fucking stupid. Like, mm-hmm. we're not doctors. Right. <laughs> right. But if you actually actively are injured, it's too late now. Don't yeah. don't stretch because you couldn't make it worse. You could overstretch it. So, yeah. um, but you know, a little preventative maintenance goes a long way. And like we talked about in one of the first episodes, man. Like you can work on something, work on something, work on something, and you can get better in all these areas. But while you're getting better in those areas, you're neglecting another. Yeah. So there's always a new. It doesn't matter how good you get at powerlifting or strength sports at large. There's always something new or something old to work on. Yeah. Always. There's, you know, it's just the, it's just the way it is. You know, you know what I mean? Like, part of it. Unless you're Danny Grigsby and you're just always good at everything. You know, you just win. You win powerlifting. You know, as jacked as that guy's upper body is, I can't lie to you, his bench is underwhelming. What did he hit? Like 450? 434. 434? Which is a good bench press. Don't get me wrong. Right. I'm not taking anything away from the guy. But the guy's got like 22-inch arms. Yeah. I think that, I'll, I'll be honest, too, though. There is nothing, no lift uh, weight cut affects more than bench press. Yeah, so him cut him weight. cutting 10 or 15, 20 pounds. Yeah, because he, he competed at 242, which he's, he's normally a 275. I don't yeah. think he normally weighs as much as 275, to be fair. I feel like he probably comes in the middle of the weight class. Yeah. So, I mean, I figure he lost 20 pounds, but that's a... That's, That's a, a lot, lot off your bench press. Yeah. You can you can fake your way through a squat or a deadlift. I actually think my deadlift leverages are better at a lot of weight. Uh, I think I'm a better deadlifter when I'm lower body weight. And uh, me and Ron's talked about that before. A lot of people are. Mm-hmm. I do feel like bench press goes the way my body weight goes. The yeah. bigger my body weight, the bigger my bench press. Yeah. So, I mean, it's hard. It'd be hard to cut weight and then go put a big bench on the platform, yeah. in my opinion. But he's a god. Kinda For sure, is. Kinda huh? is. he kind of is. I mean, like, it, he, he, I mean, how do you, you know, he had a first of all, I mean, he had before you even deadlifted, he had a, nearly a 1200 pound subtotal. Yeah, actually, he did have a 12 because he had 777 mm-hmm. and, and uh, 424, 434. Yeah, so he had a 1200 pound subtotal. Yep, before he deadlifted, and then he, you know, he only went and deadlifted 1030. Yep, just 1030, so, guys, just 1030. <laughs> just so you know, at, the, at a minimum, he, he, he totaled what 2234, 22 something. It was, I don't know. Something just ridiculous some, at 242. Some, something that 242s aren't supposed to do. <laughs> like when I was watching, <laughs> I, like when I was watching Joe Sullivan's meat recap and I saw his deadlift was like 727. I was like, all right, I can be, now I'm not touching his 800 pound squat anytime soon. Don't like 7.7 7 seems, yeah, seems doable. Yeah. And his bench was mid fours, I think. It might've been 474. He might've been the one that bench 474. How do you fuck with that 800 pound squat? <sighs> thousand pound deadlift. <laughs> you gotta be Danny Grigsby. <laughs> I, bet he, I, bet, I bet Joe Sullivan's glad that Dan was a weight class up. Did Joe Sullivan compete at two? I thought he was at two twenty, wasn't he? I don't know. I thought he was at one hundred. Yeah, I thought he was. I, I thought he normally competed at two forty two, but maybe I thought he was at one hundred for this meet, and then Dan was at one hundred five, which is two forty two. You mean one ten? One ten. Yeah, one ten. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I, I guess I didn't look that deeply. I just assumed, because last time he competed, I think he did compete at 242. So. Maybe he cut them. I don't know. So who beat who? If they were, they were they head-to-head? And who won Who won best overall lifter? That would tell us. Because it would have to be one of those two guys. For sure. I don't know. Um, I was just looking at the recaps for them two, really, because I follow them on Instagram. It was the same meet, right? Yeah, it was the same meet. Um, Man, some of these meets are fucking jacked, dude. Yeah. They're just like stacked. Like, just like, don't even bother showing up to these. God, like, you're going to yeah. lose. Should, I'm no, not gonna you lie show to you. up to meet them. <laughs> like, you, you show up to meet them, yeah. I'm like, you walk up like, hey, I know you're about to kick my ass, but you're a cool guy and I wanted to meet you. <laughs> they'd probably take that really nicely, though. They'd they prob- probably would. They'd, yeah. pro- they'd probably like wing you the rest of the day. You know? like, All right, you're, you're okay. Come I'm on. not going to lie to you. When uh, Next time Ron's, uh, you know, he's currently just trying to get back. Next time Ron goes to a big meet, I would like to uh, go watch him. I would like to go watch him just to maybe meet some of the people he competes against. Because yeah. I know that he's rubbed elbows with some of these guys. Ron's one of the, you know, Ron's one of the most competitive 220s in the world. And it's hard, you know, it's hard to believe because he's from Alabama like the rest mm-hmm. of us. But I mean, the guy's good. Yeah. Especially when he does drug tested meets. Like, yeah. He's extremely good. So, I mean, I would like to go watch coach compete against some of these guys for sure. Like, uh, uh, I mean, I fully, I really believe, especially with Ron's bench press, he's got an enormous bench press. I think he can, I think he can hang with a lot of them personally, but. Uh, I, I honestly <clears> want to <throat> compete with him. 
honestly. Like I, 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 I know he said be with Ron. Yeah, I know he wants to go to the two forty two class, and I he's feel like a thick two forty two. That boy's a monster at two twenty. I know he's huge. <laughs> he is. That's the biggest back and neck I've ever seen on him. <laughs> he's kind of, he kind of does. It's like he's got like a strong man neck and back on on a on a two a five foot seven two hundred pound lifter. Ron, if you're listening, this is not an insult. No, it's not. We're impressed. <laughs> he kind of looks like a ninja turtle. Oh yeah, because his back is, his back is like, so goddamn big. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's just like massive. Yeah, his like, back's huge. It's crazy. Like, just put some dreads on an engine on Raphael, and here we go. We got we got Ron. <laughs> he's a badass. Uh, he's a badass coach, man. But he's fun. You know, I had getting the pleasure to lift with him in that six twenty two for four. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, that's heavyweight for anybody. Yeah, I could. I mean, that's. I mean, that really. I mean, that really is. Like, I mean, there's not. Unless your name's Dan Bell, that's that's heavyweight for you. Yeah. Like, period. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's that's like super super heavy, and he he honestly kind of fucking smoked it. Like he's 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 elite. Alabama's like sneaky got like a bunch of good lifters and like Eugene Perry coming up. Like uh, I got to lift with him. He uh, had I managed to stay healthy, I thought he he would been the only person out dead with me. Mm. Um, but God, if he ain't a good squatter, I mean he had what a six hundred and sixty or seven hundred pound squat. Right? Did he? Yeah, and then bench press was pretty good. And they had a very competitive, uh, very competitive deadlift. Like, um, and then of course everybody remembers Perseus. Yeah, like, he was a legend. I don't think he's coming back, but probably not. Jonathan Oldham. I mean, you got a lot, of, a lot of these guys, but I don't think I don't think anybody's easier to root for than uh, than Ron and Jawan. Yeah, Jawan's fun to watch. Those two guys are. That's the biggest thing about those two. I talked about I like I like it when powerlifting is a little chippy, and it's not that either one of them are disrespectful. They're not disrespectful to competitors at all. I know they're really got good guys, but you can tell they want to win and want to be there, and mm-hmm. they get excited about what they're doing. And it's not just this like I'm going to go pick this weight up, set it down. They're going to golf clap me, and I'm going to walk off stage silently. Like mm-hmm. they're excited about what they're doing, and that's yeah. fucking fun. So they're easy. Those are two easy men to root for. They're also high character dudes, so it yeah. makes it easy to root for them. So another one like that's Derek Thistleweight. He's kind of. He's excited to be there. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, the difference between him and them is they're not going to shit talk people. He is and I believe he everyone. probably is in the warm up room. Like, like, is that your warm up? Yeah, like, <laughs> just like is that like it? Watching is you? that all you're like, warming up? You done, you're done warming Let up. Let me know when you're done with it. I'll start where you leave off. Like, you know that's you know that's the idea. <laughs> he walks up, walks up, cold, and he's like, "You done warming up? Cool." And just picks it, picks it up or whatever, bench, whatever it is. Just like. Yeah, yeah, I, full, I fully believe that dude probably talked some trash behind. Him. I would, I would probably just laugh though. Like if he did that, I'd just be sitting there laughing. I'd be like, "You're such a, you're such a prick," but I love it. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, he's a, dude, he's, he's the greatest thing in powerlifting right now. In my opinion. He's not powerlifting. He's retired. That's what he says. He said he's retired. Then he said he's coming out of retirement. Then he, uh, he dropped a deadlift, and he's like, "It's time to retire again." Because you He's know he, he 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 poked so much fun at um, Jamal Browner for dropping deadlifts all the time. So when it slipped out of his hands, he was like, "I know what's coming." <laughs> I looked at the comments. He, and someone was like, uh, "Jamal would have would have got it," and I was like, <laughs> "Man, you want to talk about a knife in the like side, just like, <laughs> like twisting it?" <laughs> that guy's still. I mean, he's still younger than everybody. I mean, he could still. Can he still compete junior if he wants to? Is he still sub twenty four? If not, he's, I think right he's twenty three. Yeah. So I mean, he, <laughs> think about how strong that guy is and how much more he has left in him. Yeah. Like that guy has more upside than anybody. And I think he's good for the sport. I don't mm-hmm. care. I know there's probably some people with some strong opinions about him, but um, I honestly believe he has one of the greatest coaches in the world too. I don't know who his coach is. Um, man, Josh Bryant. Josh Bryant? Josh Bryant of, um, um, trying to think here. What's Josh Bryant's company's name? Let me just look. <laughs> we'll get, I don't we'll know get why I'm, uh, I don't know why I'm blanking on this, but I mean, this guy's trained some of the best in the world. Strongmen, bodybuilders, um, everybody, you, you name I'm, it. I'm surprised I don't know the name then. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just me because I, I always have kind of like a lack of remembering names of anybody, whether they're celebrity, powerlifter. Jailhouse Strong. It was Jailhouse Strong. Jailhouse Strong. Okay, yeah, I've he heard is, of that He company. is freaking elite, dude. I mean, he's he's good. I mean, 
trains athletes of all kinds, but is especially good as a powerlifting coach and, uh, and a strongman coach. Yeah. He's he's outstanding. Uh, I can't believe I could remember his name before I could remember Jailhouse Strong. But yeah, Jailhouse Strong's like I, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh yeah, I that know guy, that company. That guy's elite. Yeah. Like he's genuinely, in my opinion, like best of the best. Yeah. Like I don't. We talked about that on the podcast one time about who would have to coach us if we could afford it. Uh, Josh Bryant would probably be one of them, but I mean, I don't know that I would have him coach me before, you know, Chad Wesley Smith or somebody like that. But yeah. like, man, so good, I, so I, good. Just because you mentioned his name, did you see uh, Chad Wesley Smith made a, a post, a story post, um, talking about handlers? Did you see that? No, I did not. Let's talk about it. Let's get in. So basically, what he said was. Like, there's, someone asked him, uh, is it worth it to have a handler or not? And he basically said having a handler is overrated unless it's your coach. Because it's a so, it's like a single sport, right? Yeah. Single person sport. You should know what, whether your coach is there or not, what your warm-up should be, what your attempt should be, how everything feels. He said if, if you're, like, really uncomfortable or whatever and you just feel like you need it, he's not going to tell you don't do it, but he just thinks it's kind of overrated overall. Um, and I kind of, like, I don't I don't want to say I disagree with Chad Wesley Smith, but I feel like he's a little bit more – I think it really boils down to the person, right? Because, like, someone like me, I could feel comfortable being my, by myself because I train – I program myself. I train by myself 90% of the time. I've – I'm pretty much by myself no matter what. Now I come to you when I have some questions or to get advice or just some back and forth to kind of make up my mind on things. But pro like 90% of everything I do is is just me doing it. Now someone like Desi, she couldn't do it without somebody there to help her. Right. Like just sheerly from her nerves and her like, you know, inexperience in the sport. She would need somebody there to guide her along the way because she's just going to be nervous about it. I think some of us are just like that. Uh, I'll say this, though. Um, to Chad's point, I think that most people come in, they just got a, a random handler. Right. They got somebody that can wrap knees, and that's it, right? Like, like there's no real advice to give, and then outside of that, they're out of the way. That's kind of what— me and, me and you are both qualified coaches, so, like, when we go handle each other, like, we have good— well, I don't understand that, like, Ron told me on the front end of my meet that he was not going to be it because he had so many lifters. He was not going to be in the warm-up room with mm -hmm. me the majority of the time. He'd stop in and check, but he could not guide me through warm-ups, right. and that was fine. You were there. We went through warm-ups. We warmed up fine on everything. Like, it mm -hmm. wasn't an issue. But also, having, having you back there, like I said, me and you both, both qualified coaches, we have good advice to give each other when we're warming up about yeah. what we see and stuff like that. I really do feel like about 75% of people, when they have a handler, it's just their buddy that wraps their knees at the gym. Yeah. Like, no. I don't, I, if, if, if I'm taking up for Chadley Smith in that moment, I, I think that he's right. If that's what your handler mm -hmm. is. I think if your handler is a qualified coach, not even necessarily your coach, it's probably a, a strength to have him back there. Yeah. And, and, you know, if it's an average Joe, if it's just Jim Bro and they're wrapping your knees, like, right. Because kind of, let's be honest, you really don't need a handler at all if you're not if you're not competing in wraps. Right. A real handler. Like, yeah. The only time you need a real handler is if you need somebody to wrap your knees. Yeah. Like or outside of that, multiply. Yeah. You know, suits or something suit. like that. But like, you know, for what we do, like you're here, to, you're there to help like load up my warm ups, which we all help each other with mm -hmm. anyway, and give me advice. Well, the advice is what I want you there for. Right. Like if you don't, if you stand around and don't do dick, that's fine. Like I want to know what you see, stuff like that. I want advice, things like that. Those things are positive things in my mind. Yeah. Now, if I know that I have to go and I'm going to be handled, I ain't going to have a handler. Uh, or if I don't have you, Austin, Ron, or my wife as my handler, probably ain't. I'm probably going solo too. Yeah. But again, all of us are either, Qualified coaches or a qualified lifter, right? Like have real advice to give. Yeah. Like, outside of that, I, I, you know, no shot at Austin, but he would probably be my last of the pick of you four. But right. any of you, any of you four, would be I'd be fine with. Yeah, and so, the only, only reason is because he's not actually a coach. coach. Yeah, so. absolutely. But he still has plenty of great advice. Yeah, and he's you know? got a lot of experience, so you know, you, you he's still got plenty to give. You know, just from what he sees. Yeah, and, and Austin will hop you up too. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he's a good hot man. So, and, I mean, there's he has his own strengths about it. But, uh, and if you need someone to wrap your knees to the point where they're going to 
snap in half. He's a yeah. guy. <laughs> I, uh, well, I don't, I don't disagree with Chad Wesley Smith. I don't completely agree either. So, yeah. But like I said, like I don't think most people are showing up with a handler that's a qualified coach. Yeah. Like me and you have that benefit with each other all the mm-hmm. time. Like, I, I think that's you know, a fair way of you know, putting it. You know, we program, we coach people through power meets. We do all, we all do all these things, and I think it's just, you know. There's plenty of good advice to give. Yeah. And I, I think it's really interesting, too. A tale to that is I don't think me, you, and Ron disagreed about a single thing on meet day. I don't think so. I about think we were all pretty. Pretty much on the same page yeah. about the whole day. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was, it was, in my opinion, it was Ron's show. If Ron would have said do this and not do that, we would have done it. Yeah. But I think that he was pretty much in agreement with anything me and you chose to do that yeah. day. So, I mean, maybe that should tell you what the – the quality of having a qualified handler with you as opposed yeah. to just anybody, somebody from your gym to wrap your knees. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know. so, someone who says, you know, goes out there, maybe you struggled with something or you, there was some instability in your squat or something, like you shifted forward or whatever. And yeah. they're just like, oh, it's a good squat. Just keep going, man. You well, got it, didn't you? You know what I mean? No. Like, I need to know these things. Case in point, man, like all three of us are qualified coaches. I go get injured on my second squat without any indication that that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want a handler up my ass being like, you got to retake that. You got to do this. Yeah. You got to do that. Or, you know, someone who doesn't. Yeah. I don't need it. like, also at that moment, like if somebody, if my handler would have said, you need to drop out of the meat, I probably would have gone and done it. Yeah. You know, but I had you and Ron saying like, if you can go, right. go. And that was enough reason for me to go. And but, pretty much our reasoning was like, you can Larson press a reasonable amount. And, what we saw pretty much was it hurt really bad. You were like, you were limping around. We were like, okay, first thing we need to do is let the pain subside a little bit and see where you're at. And when we noticed you were putting weight on your foot pretty quick after it was like, okay, there's, there's something here. So you might be able to survive the day. And of course it's it kind of like, it's if you want to, cause no one's going to be like, yeah, you can, you can put pressure on it go back out there. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like that's that's such a a scary situation because you don't want to go out there and hurt yourself again. And I think we mentioned well, that on your on your meat recap. We don't want to PR our injury count. Yeah, exactly. Meat. That's so. a number you don't want to see. Grow <laughs> and, um, and I've got plenty of them. Um, it just is what it is. But like, yeah, like I said, man, you can't like. You can't trust a rep, just a gym bro to give you good advice. No, you can't. I mean, if, if that's your handler, then it's your. Then yeah, Chad's right. right. If you have a qualified coach back there with you, he's not right. I guess, and you maybe know? maybe that's like, like you tell me, like you know, his you look at who his wife is. You don't tell me he's back there, right? I bet it ain't overrated to her that day. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't think I'm sure because he presents everything in a nice way. I'm sure he wasn't a chud. About no, no, this. no. He basically was just like it's. He he thinks it's it's overrated to have a handler who is not your coach. Yeah, and essentially his reasoning was because they don't know like your habits, they don't know like things to watch for, like your coach would stuff like that. And I guess like if it's someone you know like like you said, someone like me and you, we see we send each other lifting videos all the time, so we kind of know what to look for. We know what our our form looks like 90% of the time. So if we see something different, we can be like, okay, that was different from all your other squats. So let's figure out what happened here and go from there. Yeah. So it's quality of us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise you just got some dork in your way. <laughs> Pretty much. And let's warm up rooms are fucking crowded. Oh God. It's, it's, it's getting bad. Like it seems like there is less space and more lifters. Like every, All the time. every every meet that I've been, you want to see a bad warm up area, and this is no shot at anybody throwing it because this is a good meet to go to. It's really great. Come to Iron City in Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. When we have you know two or three combo racks max, and uh, it's basically just like a narrow piece, like side stage, basically. Yeah. Um, it's rough. Um, it's it's very very crowded. There's not a lot of places to go. Uh, and it's going to be a lot of lifters. Yeah, you know, we have four, four, four heats probably. Yeah. So, um, just is what it is. But yeah. uh, I thought Ron's was actually surprised. The one that Maverick was surprisingly comfortable for me, despite it being small. It was. It, it was, was more cramps. hectic. I think it was more hectic during my flight than it was during warmups. To be honest with you, I feel like everyone was pretty cooperative, and that was a, a blessing. Yeah. Like there wasn't any any like drama or tension or anybody hogging anything. Everyone was real easy to work with. You know, 
Uh, there were several times when people jumped in and helped us load weights. I helped load weights for other people. Like we were just kind of like, we know like, and that probably goes with just experience in a powerlifting meet. You just kind of know it's like, it's really that's, hectic. We having just, a good handler back there is that's where that comes in handy too. Yeah. It's like, we've got 10 people on one rack that's got to warm up. Like fucking throw some weight on there. Let's yeah. go. Like also lifters being nice enough. If I can unrack something from lower than my normal rack height. Mm-hmm. I don't mind doing that. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't have to be catered to in my warm up. To yeah. be honest with you. Maybe toward the end on my heavy singles. Yeah. Like, but like you know, like warming plate, up like two plates. Just yeah, like, especially on bench press where I'm taking a handoff anyway. Yeah. Like, I don't care if the rack's too short. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's a little harder on squat. To be fair. Yeah. But like, squat, you can't really do anything about other than push on your toes. Um, if it's too high and if it's too low and you're not used to it, I guess you might get in a really weird position. And I do when it's too low. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't – I don't. I feel like it loads my hips up weird, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, easy things like that. I think I think a smart handler, a coach, like I said, I think it goes, you know, it goes pretty pretty far to have them in the background there. So We kind of had two, two subjects, didn't we? Yeah, we kind of burned through yours pretty quick. Yeah, I guess – guess I was expecting to go a little more in depth on it, but it was kind of just like, yeah, this it's is what I did. Dry. Do your mobility. And yeah. Like, that's, know. that's really where we landed on it. It's just like, just, just to circle back to it, I guess is just, um, if you notice pain, that's, this is a big thing to squat. You preach is if you notice pain, it's not necessarily where the pain originates is the reason behind the pain. Right? So yeah. my lower back's hurt and it's not necessarily because my lower back's weak, there might be some... It's because your hips were putting your lower back in a bad position. Exactly. Yeah. My my hips were tight. They were pulling my pelvis up under my hamstrings, basically. Yeah. And then it was, cause, it was causing too much stretch in my lower back, which was putting pressure on it, stretching it too much. This is not. This is coaching advice, not medical advice. But the, the two things I would address first, if you're having issues with your hip hips, specifically if you're having lower back pain in a squat, which is a quad dominant exercise. Mm-hmm. It's not uncommon to have a lower back pump when you get done squatting, yeah. but it's a quad dominant exercise. I mean, if you're having more back pain than leg pain, which is probably an issue. Two things I would do first would be address your glute medial weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, that, especially one thing that'll accompany that is if you have a weak glute med, you might see a lot of knee valgus in your squats. So that's mm-hmm. when your knees like cave in. Yeah. Right? So that may be a good indicator, especially if it happens just on one side. That could be a real big yeah. indicator that you have a glute med weak on one side, not the other, um, or even like a hip stability issue. But like I said, I would, I would address glute med because it, it affects the stability of your hip and the stability of your knees. Um, and the so worst, case, things. worst case scenario, it's not that, and you just get stronger glutes, which is just going to make all your lists better. Yeah, anyway. it doesn't matter. Worst case scenario, you got stronger glutes. Yeah, like, yeah, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't fix it, but you're stronger. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that's the number one fix I'll go to. The second is probably going to be, and this is what happened to us, is going to be some type of hip opening mobility. Mm-hmm. Um, we sit a lot as Americans. It's unfortunately an American problem. It's an American habit, and that really does manifest as hip and lower back problems more often than not. Um, a really, really good thing that we didn't speculate on before, you just had a major job change when you were going from working 20, 25,000 steps a day at work to sitting a lot more at work. Well, I actually don't sit. I stand, but... Well, even um, standing still, we talked about yeah. we have a tendency to shift mm-hmm. our weight on one hip or the other. Well, that can cause and that is imbalances. Absolutely a factor because I do shift around. I usually stand on one leg and then I'll stand on the other leg and like move yeah, around. Absolutely. Nobody, absolutely. nobody, very few of us, especially when we're working actively, are going to stand... Perfect pressure in both legs. Yeah. Most of the time, somebody's going to pop a hip and lean that way, or mm-hmm. lean the other way, or even lean like on a desk over something. Yeah. Like you're always going to have something going on. I've already told you, I drive this hand on the console, one hand on the wheel. Like yeah. that makes that hip height higher than the other. Mm-hmm. The way you sleep at night. When I talk about, I'm a side sleeper. That further exacerbates my hip issues. Mm-hmm. Like there's little things like that that can go a long way with addressing hip mobility and then just where your hips sit. Like if you have one higher than the other, a good test of this is, is one hamstring tighter than the other. Yeah. That's how I first become aware of my hip issues. My right one, you know, if I'm sitting in like a, just a figure four single leg hamstring stretch, I can touch my left toe. If I go to my right, I cannot come close to touching my right foot. Same thing if I do a single leg hamstring stretch standing up. 
much less mobility than that in the right. And the reason being is because that hip is higher. Mm-hmm. Because that hip is higher, the hip, hamstring connects here. That hamstring gets pulled up with the hip, and it's just physically tighter because yeah. the hip's sitting higher, right? So, like, stuff like that. The quickest way to t- tell, honestly, and you can do the favor test and stuff like that that we talked about mm-hmm. on SWAT U. quickest way to tell about hip misalignment is just see which hamstring's tighter than the other. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, yeah the, I, I I did. I think it was the Faber test, yeah. um, and I've sent that to you. And there was definitely noticeable difference in uh, which way is that? So the Faber test tests internal and external rotation of the hip. Yeah, so it was external rotation. Yeah. So, um, external rotation was worse on my left leg. Um, I don't. I need to retest that actually. See if see if that's helped. See if that's changed anything. I'm sure it has because I'm literally the groin stretch. Groin stretch is opening my hip up and closing it. So I'm sure that mobility has got better. And the groin stretch he's talking about is basically just a side lunge. Like you're actually sitting in a ninety. You have one knee facing forward, one knee facing out, and you're going to lean into the outward facing knee. Oh no, that's not what I'm. That's doing. not what you're doing. No, no, you're no. Not doing the, the banded one. The banded one that I'm talking was about the, was that the squat test, like we squat um, with the band around. No, 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 no. This was this was on the, and I'll just show you, and you may, um, you may be able to explain it in a better way than I can. But this this is what I'm talking about. So there's, I'm basically kneeling down. There's a band here. I'm pushing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So he's basically, he is in a lunge, and he's basically got a, a band tied to his front leg, and he's letting the band draw it out, and then he's pressing against the band and pressing it in, and he's repeating that motion over yeah. and over again. Yeah. So, Just until there's um, a good stretch and then squeezing the glutes uh, as they're being stretched. Yeah, the one I was talking about is the, the one we do with the kettlebell. Yeah, lean you were talking the about the Which is great for your hip and balance. Side shift, yeah, is what it's called. Yeah. Squat U is a great place. Most of what we did, we should credit them. Mm-hmm. Um, most of what we talked about tonight in terms of uh, – Fixes we either learn on Squat U or some of it I learned in real physical therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Squat U is a great resource that could keep you out of a PT office. Yeah. So we'll, um, we'll tag them in our post. Um, for sure. You absolutely need to do that. Uh, um, any Anytime I have any questions regarding squats, I typically go to Squat U first. Um, just because it gives out free information and it's really good information. Some people may dog him because he can't squat that much or whatever, but he's not I mean, a power lifter. He is a, a physical therapist. He's a physical therapist. Um, there are not a lot of physical therapists who are power lifters. He, he happens to be a physical therapist that works with lifters. Yeah. And, and he's he's really smart about it. Um, you know, a couple of people to, to credit him, he's worked with and I actually have varying, they have differing opinions on several things, but he's worked with Matt Winning. Mm-hmm. He's worked with championship level Olympic lifters of all tops. Mm-hmm. He's worked with Martins, uh, Martins, yeah. strongman, um, Travis Ortmeyer. He's, I mean, he's worked with like some absolute monsters. Yep. Uh, did he not work with Jawan Garrison? Did Jawan not have a video I think with he him? Did. Yeah. I so think like, he did. I mean, even even local heroes like Jawan. I mean, this guy's this guy's worked with. Anybody who's anybody. Yeah. Um, so he knows. I don't care if all he squats is 225. The guy knows plenty about the sport of power, uh, strength, strength sports at large mm-hmm. and plenty about how to fix things. Yeah. Rebuilding Milo. Let's pl- go ahead and plug that, too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I'll tell you another, and it is actually related. Um, he talked about shoe choices. Squat, you talked about this quite a bit, but the, your ability to flare your toes it's huge in a squat, but what he fixed in Travis Ortmeyer is he had a flat foot, supposedly, mm-hmm. and he was able to put toe wedges in and spread his foot out, and then he automatically had an arch because his big toe was relocated to where it was supposed to be. So, but you, if you want to know what it has to do with the hips, if if you're flat-footed, you have more likelihood to have some knee valgus and less likelihood for your glute med to control what it's supposed to control, which is that knee stability and your, and your hip stability. So, like... Being flat-footed could ruin a lot of things for you and could lead to some hip and knee injuries and stuff like that. So, like, even as much as just swapping shoes to something that they recommend or even, hell, me and you wear the same shoes. We wear a $40 pair of Wittens from Amazon. Mm -hmm. They're fucking awesome. Um, But, I mean, even small things like that. So, that's what we're talking about with minutia, like Mm -hmm. how you sleep, how you lean when you drive, how you sit. What shoes you wear, like, affects you much more than you realize, especially when you... He's an upper level intermediate. I'm an intermediate, but when you start getting intermediate and beyond, and you start really dealing with, basically, if you're dealing with weights that average gym bros never would dream of touching, 
So if you're intermediate mm-hmm. or up in powerlifting, it's the little things that'll take you out of powerlifting. Yeah, for sure. It's no longer the big things. Like, cause if you've made it this far, you know, you have a good work ethic. You know that you can do most things better than your, your gym peers. Mm-hmm. Like, unless you just happen to be in a, like a good powerlifting gym. Yeah. I mean like, you know, but most of, you know, most people listening and us too training a commercial gym, mm-hmm. like we're better than most of our peers, yeah. except for Kevin Heatherly. He's a fucking monster. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I still got him on deadlift. I think for now, for now, because <laughs> that's, uh, that's been a meteoric rise. Cause he was talking about not too long when I met him, he was talking about how little he deadlifted. Yeah. He pulled now, 647, 648. No, six forty nine, right? Yeah, something like that. He's a, uh, but I mean, he he standing overhead press is like <laughs> three fifteen plus. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah so, it's, uh, he's yeah, got he's me a, beat on he's that. He's a, uh, uh, you know, he bench press is five, so yep. he's a uh, he's and he's twenty years old, so the yep. kid's a fucking monster. But uh, but yeah, I mean. It's always it's gonna be the little things that take you out. Believe it or not, yeah. I believe that. Yeah, your Just, lack of attention to detail is uh, is a detriment for sure. I mean, I'm living it right now. I'm have a Pretty bad injury. Yeah. And it's a lack of attention to detail that got me here. So just just to roll back just a hair on the shoes. Ever since I've been in a wide toed shoe, I will never go back to a standard toed shoe. So I agree with the exception of one thing. When I'm doing my cardio, like if I'm really trying to pace my my walk, because I don't run, I'm not mm-hmm. gonna run, I don't care to fucking run. If I'm really trying to pace my walk, I do prefer to be in a, a running shoe. That's fair. Um but I will tell you this, my feet physically hurt after coming out of a one. Yeah. It's better during the walk. They feel better while I'm walking, but it is a nightmare to take them off. And don't, like, I'm, I can't wait to put back on some slides or some wide tennis <laughs> shoes after that. Like it fucking sucks. Also, even though some people think it's weird, toe socks are the truth. I've never, I don't have, I have really good toe display without them. So I don't have to wear that, wear that weird shit. Um, but to be fair, you know, like I grew up skateboarding and shit. So I've always worn something with a wide toe box. Yeah. If I haven't been in, in vans or Etnies or DCs or something like that, when I was a kid, I was probably in like Jordan ones or something, all super wide toe box shoes yeah. for the most part. I, so, I wore a lot of vans as a kid. Um, that was kind of like my go-to. Everybody here in the South wears boots. I won't, I've never worn a pointy to- a toed boot. I always wear a square toe. Yeah. So again, it's a wider toe box and you know, a pointy toe boot, stuff like that. Like yeah. um, me personally, as a, as a coach, I actually see more feet issues in women than I see in men. It's probably because of wearing heels. To yeah. Be with you. Cause you think about how squished their toes are and yeah. into a heel. It's like, I can't imagine. I wouldn't want to. No, I don't. And that's that's the whole point. That's the same thing that happens to men if they wear a pointy top cowboy boot. Yeah. Or um, dress shoes that or are dress really shoes, pointy. Yeah. Because there are some that I have a pair that I bought like just because I was out in Texas. Oh, it's not. So I don't have to worry about it. To be Man, honest. those suck to walk in, and yeah, they were pointy, trash. and I was like, it hurt my feet. Hated them. Yeah, that's one reason why. I mean, thank God it's trendy to wear. Like more of a, like a slip on, like a, for men to wear more of a slip on or like a slipper style shoe now yeah. with suits because like much better than fucking lace up, <laughs> pointy toed fucking dress shoes. Dude. Yep. Miserable. Real miserable. You got anything else to add? No. To time to dad joke? I think it's time to dad joke. Okay. I think We're going to go to dad says joke because we can't, <laughs> can't, uh, dad says joke. Dad says <laughs> jokes because we can't think of our own jokes. I mean, we probably could. We just don't com- come prepared. Now, I did see one from Dad Says Jokes. I may have sent it to you. And I was, I was laughing pretty hard about it. Oh, that's a good one. I can't take my dog to the park anymore. The dug the ducks keep biting him. But I should have known this would happen because he's purebred. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> so bad. My wife has banned me from making any more breakfast puns. She says if I make any more, I'm toast. <laughs> Did I say but my kids keep egging me on. <laughs> <laughs> this was posted two hours ago, so. I feel like I said that one without the kids part. My kids keep egging me my on. My kids keep good. egging me on. Uh, sad news. My uh, My fat parrot died today. 
but it's a huge weight off my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we're I think we're regurgitating a little bit. I don't I think know we did I, that one, have we? I feel like I've heard. You sit around and read them all the time. So. That's true. I could just like, be like, man, I know this hours. one. That was from nine hours ago. <laughs> um. So me and my girlfriend were kissing on the sofa and she said, let's take this upstairs. And I said, okay, you grab one end and I'll grab the other. <laughs> Direct. <laughs> my wife dated a clown before she started going out with me. I got some pretty big shoes to fill. <laughs> Good one. I think I sent that one to you. Uh, so uh, a husband says to his wife, Mr. Olympic condoms have arrived. I think I'll wear the gold knot. The wife replies, why not wear silver and come second for a chance? <laughs> for a change. Sorry. <laughs> that's pretty rough. Oh, that's brutal. My girlfriend dressed up as a policewoman and told me I was under arrest on suspicion of being good in bed. After two minutes, uh, she said, I'll... <laughs> All charges were dropped on a lack of evidence. <laughs> uh, my wife says I'm getting fat, uh, but in my defense, I've had a lot on my plate lately. <laughs> oh. oh, that's a groany one. Oh, what do you call what do you call an angry doctor? A therapist. <laughs> Which reminds me of a joke my uncle used to tell me all the time. If you ever if you ever complain to him about being mad, if you say, "Hey, uncle, I'm pissed off, man." You know what he'd always reply with? I bet I do. It's better to be pissed off than to be pissed on. <laughs> That's boy, what my dad some, used to boy, say. Boy, that's some fucking philosophical bullshit right there. <laughs> my, my dad would say that all the time. I'm going to keep that one in my back pocket for future reasons. Me too. Me too. <laughs> it's better to be pissed off than to be pissed on. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess that's it for today. Um, finished your drinks. We did I always finish mine like halfway through the episode, and you always like to let it let it ride out. I'm just that's like, my second one though. To be fair, that is true. You did make two, but yeah. So uh, I guess we'll see you guys next week. We'll figure out what we're going to talk about. Rate us five stars on Instagram. On Instagram. On uh, on Spotify. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Spotify. You can like us on Instagram. Yeah, you can like us on Instagram and you follow, follow us on us, Instagram. Uh, like our posts. Yeah. You share follow us them. on TikTok. Share them. Yeah, that'd be good. Share Every time we make a post, share them. Share them. Just, just like constantly just sit. Have your, have your phone on our Instagram. And every time it pops up that we've posted something, share it immediately. Like that's it, a, share it, save it, comment. That's all we're asking. We're not asking much. Just be completely just devoted. Just be completely devoted. That's it. Like We're going to start a religion soon. <laughs> We'll start taking tithe money anytime now. There's actually already a link for that. There, there is a link to a, to a PayPal that you can donate that will go directly to us. Um, we won't buy drugs with it. We we won't buy... Uh, we won't buy anything but test and trim. <laughs> Just only black market trim. That's it. So. I mean, I would like my test to be covered, too, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, the, tra the trend's a big help. Don't get, me, don't get me wrong. If you're feeling generous, it's about $150 a month for uh, for a cycle of HGH. So. <laughs> Just give us, a, like, you know, 300 bucks a month. Yeah. That's not that much. No, not, a, not, not at all. Hell, if we have to, give us 150 we'll, I'll, I'll do a single IU a day. We can split it. <laughs> What's the point at that point? I don't know. It's pretty goddamn good at two. Like it can't be ineffective at one. Probably not. It's the most of brands three. I think one to two is like the um, the health benefit side and not the anabolic side. I think that's what Ben Pollock said. There, there's like a, a diagram or something that says it. This how much for this. This how much for. Well, I can tell you, it's fucking awesome. So if anybody wants to donate some HGH, I will fucking take it. Just, you could literally just drop some off. Just, like, yeah, just, just drop, drop it off. We'll give you the address. Fuck it. We'll it you can give them your address. I'm not going to give them my address. I like the privacy of my home. There ain't nobody showing. Only five people listen, dude. <laughs> That's true. I think we're up to like nine. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's pretty solid. Yeah, nine listeners. Thanks. All nine of you. Um, 
We'll be, I think we'll be on episode, this may be episode 20. Damn. Can you believe 20 that? 20 weeks. 20 weeks. I can't believe it. All right, I got to go. My hips are, <laughs> I'm all, ah. <laughs>